This is Hoops Form, a production of Radius Athletics and a quick timeout podcast. I'm Tony Miller, and I'm joined once again this week by my co-host, Randy Sherman. Before we get to today's episode, a big thanks to our sponsors over at 323 Sports. I know it's still January, but the summer is approaching faster than you think it is, and with the summer comes camp season. As you start to think about your plans for camp season, you may be in need of uh, T-shirts, balls, packs, something to give away to the campers when they come. 323 Sports has things for you. It can come either in the form of packs or you can order T-shirts individually or whatever it is. They have things available for you. To reach out to them, just contact sales at 323sports.com or you can visit the website 323sports.com. They can help your program out with any of its summer camp needs. All right, Randy, this is, like we said, the end of January, beginning mm -hmm. of February. The yeah. playoffs are coming. Close games are happening. Yeah. And uh, there may be a coach out there who is looking for uh, an edge X's and O's wise when it comes to uh, maybe a regular season game or a playoff game. Yeah. Did you win any games off of uh, drawing something up or you had something drawn up and they hit a game winning shot? Absolutely. Yeah. A few times. Uh, most of the times it didn't go how I drew it up, but we, we made the shot anyway. So I'll take it. I don't care. Um, but, um, yeah, one, one year in the playoffs, we, we ended up getting to the regional finals in Texas, the playoffs. That's just like March badness. Like the, the winner goes to the final four. So it's, you know, pretty deep playoff run. Two of our wins to get that far were buzzer beaters. But wow. um, one, one was a, a half court situation. And one was a baseline out of bounds and neither of them were like primary option. Number one, it was like, wow. Uh, so yeah, that, that, it's, it's definitely happened. It's also happened to me also um, from, from the opposing perspective. And if you coach long enough, you'll experience both. Yeah. So we want to give you a couple options here. We'll give you a couple half court things. Maybe it's something a few seconds or opportunity to bring the ball up the floor and score against something. We'll have some options for you there. Got a sidelines out of bounds play. And then also a baseline out of bounds play for you. We have a bunch more. If you're looking for X's and O's on the Fast Model website, Randy and I both have a bunch of uh, plays diagram that could be easily used as game winners. And there's a bunch of others there. But uh, we're going to show you some of our favorites today. So let me go ahead and pull up this first one here, Randy, and we'll get going. Yeah. So the thing about like this time of year and the playoffs, and like maybe if a lot of maybe some of the listeners are in their conference season, they're in double round robin, and they're you know they're they've got that conference rival who it's always a nail biter with, you know, it's like, it may come down to uh, a last possession or two and, and you need, you need something to, um, to um, maybe you want to use the element of surprise. Maybe you want to get your best, best player of the ball and just sort of like ISO and get out of the way. Uh, you know, what you see on the screen here is what a lot of teams do is it's sort of, um, it, the, the title suggests it's like a false spread ball screen set. So what a lot of teams do late in the game is their best players got the ball. They sit a ball screen for them and, and, you know, let's see what put the ball in their best player's hands to the ball screen for them. And we'll, we'll take our chances there. Right. So that is a lot of end of game philosophy for a lot of teams. However, what I'm going to do in the, in the ones I chose to share is sort of like borrow from the football world where they use play action, right? Like they fake the run and, you know, the quarterback, you know, shows the fake or, or makes a fake handoff, pulls the ball and, and throws deep or something like that. So they're faking one action in the football analogy, the run to, to set up the pass. 
So here, this is the both both of them that I'm going to share a sort of play action with that to borrow that analogy of we're we're making our opponent believe we're going to set high ball screen here. So you see five say maybe you know best players have got the ball five okay they're going to set high ball screen. He takes a step or two, maybe even throws the fist to to really sell it right. And then we go we just turn and sprint away and screen for the player in the corner. And and um, and we and we kind of what I call TikTok it. We throw it to them and they hand it right back. We TikTok it. They throw it. We throw it to the player coming off the screen. They hand it right back. Five turns right into a step up. Um, and over there on the weak side, that could be hammered just as easily as as an exchange if you wanted to add that um, flavor to it. So it could be a it could be a need a two with the drive off the ball screen. It could be need a three if we if we um, if we hit the hammer on the backside, mm-hmm. I believe I saw the pin Quakers run this. Hmm. And I think that's, um, that's the uh, source. So I want to make sure I credit that, <laughs> but I, I liked thought- it. And I, I took the time to draw it up and add it to my fast draw because it's kind of checked a box that I like is like in that in the game situation, you're, you're like making your opponent believe we're just going to do this simple, like, Spread ball screen for our best player, but but there's some sort of like play action to it. Mm-hmm. I think as much as an offense gets comfortable running things, a defense gets comfortable guarding things. And to your point, when they're looking for something to happen, they can kind of sit down and get comfortable in guarding it, and they know how to communicate it. But if you throw just a little twist to it, I also like yeah. this because this almost – a lot of times you'll see that – zoom type action going down the floor where you have a handoff immediately followed by a ball screen mm-hmm. and this kind of inverts that you get kind of mm-hmm. the same two actions right there in a row that they have to guard and clear out a side and yeah maybe you're so it's handoff ball screen but instead of downward it's upward yeah mm-hmm. and then you have point. that that clear side on that other side if they switch that you can expose that with a roll to the front of the rim maybe throw it to the five yep or if they're just kind of slow to hedge it or whatever, or if you have a trap, bounce out of it and throw it over the top five. Yeah, and, and instead of like, say, in this assumption here, maybe that one in the diagram is our player that, you know, we would would our, would our want and our opponents would also expect that we want to take the final shot or the big shot in a, in a possession. Um, so we're, we're doing that, but instead of just sort of like straightforward doing it, like, okay, just spread ball screen for – you know they're all American point guard. They're they're we're kind of we're gonna do it. We're gonna set a ball screen for our best player, but we're not gonna let you just lock in on just basic spread ball screen. I've always wondered why at the end of like even at the end of a half, like everybody just runs down to the baseline and they send out the five to go ball screen and make a make a play. That's uh, a lot of confidence in your ball handler. I would rather do something like this that still gets you the same thing but makes other players on the floor guard something. Even the interchange yeah. on the other side makes defenders pay attention kind of to their man instead of being able to just kind of hunker down in the paint and clog stuff up if you're trying to get something right. there at the rim. Well, that's why people are watching, to get better ideas than what they get on TV, Tony. That's exactly that's right. That's, that's <laughs> what we're watching. So, All right, next one here. Everybody will love this one because we have an elevator action. Elevator, man. Who doesn't love an elevator buzzer beater? That that, that makes the internet go wild, right? So you're Exactly right. So, again, with the same idea of play action, though. So, so maybe here, player two is our stud player that we want to – 
that's that's who we want to take the final shot or the big the buzzer beater and, and or whatever the case end of game end of half situation may be. So we're showing that they're going to sit a down screen. So we bring the ball. They you know it looks like one sort of bringing the ball that screening action to perhaps three coming off of the screen. You probably want that to be another pretty good player too to to sort of like uh, draw some attention to the cutter. But um, before we actually make contact with the screen, I kind of want five and four over here to look kind of dumb, like just hanging out, hanging out on the block and elbow, just like don't don't show our cards too soon, right? Like, and 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 two throws a fist down screen for player three, and then then zips out of it through the elevator doors, and I've got to change directions with the dribble and take the ball to the player coming out of the the elevator doors there on the left side of the court. So again, play action where we're, we're showing you a down screen but it's going to quickly be a fake into some some other idea like the other play as well so here we're going to slip the down screen in, through the elevator doors for for uh hopefully the game winning three so this might be a need a three to tie play need a three to tie might be if you just uh the kind of coach who likes to push all the chips in you know you're you're down two but you Hey, we're going to win it right here. You know, one of those situations, right? So, um, yeah, there, there it is. Again, play action looks like a down screen cut through the elevator doors. If you need this, if you need it too, you can use this one as well. I love these because so much attention is put on the shooters that then you could, depending on which guy, defender goes out and tries to show, you can have a five slip to the front of the rim or four slip to the front of the rim, throw it over the top to them. So, yeah, options with that too. Very good. Yep. All right, next one here. Okay. This one's mine, isn't it? Yeah, this is your turn. Yeah. This is an adaptation from the Belmont Bruins. They, they've always run great stuff. Um, I turned it into a five out because I know there's a lot of coaches who watch us that like mm -hmm. five out. So you could run mm -hmm. this. This would be one that you could run in transition or so you're bringing it up the floor or whatever. Um, but you could also run as a horn set. If you look there in frame number two, all that is is a horn set. Um, so, yeah. But start out with the first one there, the back screen again, just to kind of to Randy's point, kind of some misdirection as to what's going on here, and then immediately follow it with a kind of a stagger screen up there at the top. Act like you're coming to hand the ball off the three, and because X4 and X5 have been paying attention to, to guarding the ball screen there, um, there's nobody sunken down in the lane, and you end up getting a back cut uh, finish at the front of the rim there. So, um, you know, do you, think I, you'd I, want, do you think you'd want player three to be like your? best player like the the, the go-to player or yeah or, i mean or maybe one to sort of draw the attention and i don't know what do you yeah. think i mean I, depending on i've had this situation where you can even have like your shooter over there so i think it's going to be a, a you know a handoff for your for your best mm -hmm. shooter yeah and that's where he's kind of uh i like to pick on over i honestly would put the most over aggressive defender over there in that corner so whoever on the other team loves to get out in passing lanes and you know the guy that likes to clap and our guys' faces and that kind of stuff. And as soon as he gets a little over aggressive, is to back cut him and then score yeah. on him on the backside there. So I think this would be a good down two play. Mm -hmm. Like if if the offense is down two, I think this would be a great down two play. I kind of like think of end of game and kind of made my little playbook mem uh, memos like, okay, would this be a good down one, up two, a down? You know, I think this would be a great down two play. Mm -hmm. because down, think what are you telling your team if you're the def, if you're coaching the defense okay we can't give up a three we can't give up a three no you know uh you know so 
this situation they're guarding players outside the three-point line to not to not let them say come off a handoff come right you know pop around the other side of a handoff so they're they're aggressive they're probably paying up the line in the passing lanes and and we set them up for a, a back door at the, on the on the dribble at. I like the flare into the double drag too. Mm-hmm. I always have coaches sometimes email me and or reply and say, hey, "And you could do this." So here's your and you could do this. If you have a little bit extra time, you mm-hmm. can continue to play on to a third frame and have five and four go down and set a stagger screen for two, back, and yeah. you got the shooter coming off that. So yeah, like to turn it into a down three or need a three type of yep. play. You could also yep. have that as well. I think it works great for it for a two point play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, next one here. Sidelines out of bounds play. Yeah, so the first ones we've shared were half-court situations, maybe after timeout or or we call a play. Um, but, man, so often it seems late in games, you know, with all the timeouts coaches save or, you know, dribble to the dribble in front of the bench, call timeout, like you need sideline and baseline out of bounds situations too to at, at the end of game. So I thought that's that's why I picked this one so – so again, sticking with my theme for the day of play action. So this sort of looks like America's play. Like we're just going to screen across and then, um, you know, screen at like two is going to screen for four and then two is going to come off the, the, um, the double screen and, you know, maybe hit the three at the top of the key. That's, that's a very common sideline out of bounds game winning screen across and then we screen for the screener coming up. It could even be through the elevator doors. I don't have it drawn that way, but it but it could be. But here we got a double screen away, and it maybe looks like we're just maybe even could be trying to screen for three to be just come get a screen, come the ball, hit the shot. But really what I want three to do is sort of wrap tightly around that screen. It was kind of hard to draw. We have video of this, so you'll see it when we show the video. I want them to wrap tightly around that screen from five and get hip to hip with them to, to set up this double screen for two. So again, a common play would be cross screen and come off the double screen for a catch and shoot three. But here we're going to take one more step, get the ball into two. And then, and then as the ball is in flight to two, five flare screen for their partner there in that double screen, and, and we'll either hit the three there if we need that or rip it through and drive it to that cleared outside. So we got video of this from the Utah Utes, the um, University of Utah. I picked this out a few years ago. They're not running it end of game, but I kind of think it'd be great for that. But you can see the flare. Uh, the, the, the second time through, it sort of goes in slow motion. So, um, yeah, so you see him running off the screen, then getting hip to hip at the bottom. We got the cross screen, the guy coming off the double. That's who we get it into, right? That's who we get it into. And then meanwhile, we flare screen for that guy and they, we, we got for a good looking three right there. And that could, again, that could be ripped through and drive if it, we uh, as well. So cross screen off the double inbound flare screen for for the for the guy outside in that double screen and uh and we, we get a good look at, at a three there so i would want probably in our if you go back to our diagram uh, i would probably want the best player to be number three that's that's my guy like we're okay we're we're getting a shot for number three yeah, I'm trying to look. To your point, the the advantage is created in that play action 
mm-hmm. because the defense thinks that it's going to this guy and that they stand up for half a second or pause for a second, half a second. And in this case, you set that flare screen for three and they end up with a wide open shot. I think that's yeah. what we like about most of our game winning plays. It's not like you just give the ball and run an action and you score it. What the reason why we like most plays is because somebody's there's either misdirection, like somebody's looking somewhere else and it creates yeah. the advantage or it, to your point, it looks like it's going to this guy, but it's actually for that guy. Exactly. Play action. So, so what you saw in the video, if we could watch it one more time, you saw the, the guy defending, you saw the guy defending the outside freeze, it, the outside player in the double screen. When the guy comes up, the guy at the bottom who set the cross screen and then comes off the double, the guy defending that outside player kind of moves that way. Like, oh, this is this is what they're doing. They're running a, a screen, the screener for this guy's going to shoot at the top of the key. So he sort of moves to the ball side and that sets up the screening angle. See, watch, watch him. He sort of when when the guy comes off is running up to the top now, the, the guy guarding the outside screener, he moves. Now he's set up. We got a great blocking angle to flare screen it. He's he was drawn to that side. Now, boom, we got him. We got him pinned in to, to flare screen right there. So, yeah, so it looks like we're going to go to the guy who's running from pop, bottom to top off the double. That moves that guy. Maybe he shows on that guy. Now he's moved himself into position where we got a great screening angle for that for that outside player in the double screen running this way off, off the flare. Yeah, that was really good. All right, this is the last one here. Okay. This is our baseline out-of-bounds play. We just saw the Utah Utes use a play against Kansas. Now I'm showing you one here from Kansas. Okay. This is another one to your point of it looks like it's for one person, but then it's actually for somebody else. So it looks like it's a screen for five to get on the right. other block, which that's an option. Could be a lob to that player, like just go mm-hmm. and throw it up, yeah. And then two steps, one step out, like he's going out to the corner to receive a pass. But instead, mm. he comes back and receives a throw at the front of the rim as four sets kind of a screen to the middle of the court there for two. Yeah, gotcha. You could probably run this one as I look at it. You could probably run this as a box if you wanted to. Yeah, it could be a box play. Um, we haven't talked a lot about this, but most of our Kansas runs everything out of there. Box sets, they usually also run out of there like four low, so you could probably mm-hmm. turn this into a four low as well. But yeah, um, I like this one again because I I feel like they're looking for one things, but there's there's a there's a layering to your yep. play, and I feel like too many coaches there's only one layer to their play, and if they don't get it in, then they just throw it to the the safety valve and then they're done. I know there's varying perspectives, like you're playing out of bounds, you're kind of playing four on five. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're playing five on five, and it gives you a chance to kind of you know what you're doing the defense doesn't necessarily yeah. especially if you build into it enough things um and so something with two or three layers usually gets you a, a pretty open look at the rim yeah and like all the things that we've shared how you you made a great point earlier about how we wanted to you know we're we wanted to look like this this play action concept it looks like we're doing this but we're going to hit you with that right like mm-hmm. And if you think about the defensive perspective in these end of game moments, there may be only a, a second or a few seconds left. They're really like aroused. Like I want, we're going to stop every, you know, like all I got to do is make one stop one, you know, that's probably what the coach was saying in the huddle. Like just get one stop, you know, everybody lock in. So they, they really maybe sometimes over commit to that first little play action action. 
right? And then there that makes them ripe for that what we're really trying to do. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, like we saw there on the one that I shared from Utah, that guy coming off from bottom to top off the double, and like, oh, that's it. I'm and and that's it. All I gotta do is jump out here and stop this, and we're we've won the game. And and no, oh, we're flare screening you, dude. And and now mm-hmm. you by being overzealous on the first action, you sort of set yourself up to be an easy mark for the second action. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go back to your blob play, sure. Here's this is a free some free game for watchers and listeners. Okay. I was I see this happen and I point it out every on Twitter every time I see it happen in a meaningful baseline out of bounds. And it's something I started doing with our blob defense on all the whole game, like not just end of game, but the whole game. Because so many baseline out of bounds plays are like, give them some eye candy over here on the ball side, and we're going to really throw it into the weak side. What I wanted to do was say, if we had X1 on the screen here guarding the ball, is turn him, move him about where the lane line would be, and literally turn him sideways and put your arms out as big as you can. And we call it small box and big box. So small box would be from the lane line over on the ball side. Big box would be from that same lane line all the way to the far sideline. One is a small box and one is a big box. And my my command to our team in this situation, if we were the defensive team, is we if we lose, we lose in the small box, not, not over here, not in the big box. The ball goes into the small box. So I want the on-ball defender to literally turn sideways. Thus, if they if you've got a good long wingspan player right there, turn sideways, get your arms out, put your foot on the baseline where you're basically using your body to take away that 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 two-thirds of the court, right? To, to you, you make them throw it into the boundary over here because so many plays are look, Hey, look over here. Oops. You know, like in the, and you throw it and you slip. I, I don't remember who it was in the NCAA tournament. It hasn't been that long ago, but like their season ended like on a buzzer beater baseline out of bounds. I think it was USC. They lost a game to somebody and they, their, their, their guy defending the inbounder is nose to nose with the inbounder, just jumping doing this and this. And the guy just goes boom, right there to the backside and they score. Mm-hmm. Like if they, Listen to me and didn't and and big and made them throw into the small box and not throw into the big box that they they move on. Instead, they're doing, you know, jumping around. Hey, 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 guy, boom, right there to the guy, you know, running a play similar to this where somebody looped back to the backside block and there was some eye candy over here, but what they really wanted was on the backside. And this guy's, you know, he's doing probably what coach told him, hey, you know, be big, get your hands up, you know, and he's but cut at cut two-thirds of the floor off of, of their availability mm-hmm. and, and that's render a, render that somewhat useless. That's something I need to track during either a tournament or just a game. How many times the ball is entered to the big box versus to the yeah. small box and how many times you get burnt on big box scoring opportunity or scoring action. And it's yeah. usually it's usually as simple as the guy who's assigned to the inbounder. If he's coached to be nose-to-nose to the guy – or not really told anything, uh, you know, given much direction there, they'll oftentimes just sort of do that. I, I want to say, put your foot on the baseline as close as the referee will let you put it to the baseline, stick that arm out. And, and when their inbounder even starts to look lean, like lean, like, you know, don't, you know, like keep, 
stat, make them throw into that boundary. Mm -hmm. Unplanned, but that was our beyond the scoreboard. Yeah, so we'll call it that. <laughs> not interactive. They are the leading manufacturers of scoreboards They're and pro, tables for high schools and colleges around the country. You can find out more about Sideline Interactive at sidelineinteractive.com. You have anything planned this week or in the next couple of weeks for the newsletter? Um, I will. I will get something out. All right. Last about, week's was about, good. Um, sideline about beyond the sideline or beyond the scoreboard. Sorry, the scoreboard. we are uh, approaching the NCAA tournament, and Randy revs it up for the NCAA tournament. You so if you are not a part of things, please make sure that you're following him on Twitter or following the newspaper. Subscribe to that; you'll get some good stuff over the next month and a half. Absolutely, I'm ready. I'm ready for the tournament. Uh, some good looking teams out there. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to study who i kind of want to put my money on i don't know who that's going to be yet but uh i like i like i like what i'm seeing for for a good term i think i think with the um when in college basketball where there's seems like teams are a little older this year like mm -hmm. like more maybe that's all the extra eligibility that was that had to do with covid and transfers and things like that so um seems like teams are a little bit older there are some fabulous young players but those those older teams play some really good basketball. They've been, you know, they got they got guys who know how to play. Maybe they've been with their coach for a few years, and you you really see some really good stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, no doubt, a lot of good basketball to come in the last two and a half weeks of the regular season. Appreciate all of you who joined us this week. If you missed any part of the show, you can go back and watch it on the Radius Athletics YouTube page, or you can listen to the audio version of the show. Just search a quick timeout podcast on any podcasting platform, and you'll find the audio version there. For Randy Sherman, I'm Tony Miller. We'll talk to you again next time on